The Bible speaks in the last days of men's hearts failing them for fear of the things they see coming upon the earth. Now, this is not those last days, but we are moving in that direction. And there's lots of fear today, if not fear, anxiety. Uh, there's tension in the air among Christians because of the things we see happening. So we're going to talk about the coming persecution, the coming persecution, not if it happens, it is going to happen. The church is going to experience persecution. All right, we could call this God sends a lying spirit. I'm going to, I'm going to share with you a story from the Old Testament that is absolutely hilarious and shocking and you, you find a hard time believing that God is like that, that God would send a lying spirit. He's doing that today, right now. It's not just the devil. God's in the business of deceiving, and we're going to show you that. All right, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. That's God's message for the church today. Judgment must begin at the house of God. Of God. In other words, in times of judgment, when God decides to judge a people, the earth, the nation, whatever, he first judges his own people. In Israel, he did that. Israel got a whole lot more judgment than Egypt did or Syria did or any other country that came against Israel. God judged Israel. Why? Because whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. So it's a mark of God's love because we're his children. He scourges us. The time has come. Judgment has begun at the house of God. If it first began at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Now, here's another in Acts 4, 14, 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. This is what the apostles did. Exhorted them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. In other words, he was telling these new Christians, you need to stay in the faith. The only way you're going to be saved is through the faith of Jesus Christ. So stay in the faith. And then he says, know this, that between now and the kingdom of God, there's going to be a lot of tribulation. You're going to suffer tribulation. America has almost proven God wrong on that for the last 150 years. We have avoided persecution where many other nations, most of the world, has experienced significant amount of persecution. We must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Now, that tribulation comes in many ways. It can be a cranky husband, a lazy housewife, uh, it can be kids that are rebellious. They can be job loss. It can be all sorts of health issues, things like that. But here's a different subject. Now, this, this is false prophets predict peace. Uh, <laughs> today, we got 999 false prophets for every true one. Everybody wants to be a prophet. And all you got to do is get online and and uh, look at the people prophesying. It doesn't seem to bother them somehow that they were wrong. It doesn't seem to bother people that listen to them that they were wrong. Uh, 
uh, I won't say who it was, but you'd know his name if I mentioned it, a famous preacher. I think he's dead now. But uh, he, had a, he had a great ministry, and I went to New York to see it in 1964 or 5, something like that. And uh, it was an admirable work, and he did a great job. But he got very famous, and he decided he was a prophet. So he wrote a book with 10 prophecies. I made a note of several of those that were more pointed and could be tested out in time. And he was wrong. He was dead wrong. He was, the opposite happened of what he said would happen. But somehow he went on being a man of God that prophesied occasionally. And the world is full of prophets today. Now, here's, here's an interesting story about some prophets. Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. In other words, we want to know what God says. Therefore, the king of Israel gathered together of prophets 400 men. <laughs> you think we got prophets at 401 spot. <laughs> and said unto them, Shall we go to Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? So this king was really concerned about what God's will was. And he wanted these prophets to tell him, Should I go out and fight, or should I not? And they said, as one voice, Go up. For God will deliver it into the king's hands. Today the church is full of positive prophecies about the church trump, thing about blessing, about prosperity. Here people say, I'm not going to prepare for the future because God's going to take care of me. And there's this positive frame of mind that's not willing to face reality around them, nor, nor believe the Bible. I, and they say, go up for God will deliver thee into the king's hands. For deliver it into the king's hands, the battle. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord, L-O-R-D, Jehovah God? These prophets weren't prophets of Jehovah God. Beside that we might inquire of him. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. For he never prophesied good unto me, but always evil. You know, the interesting things about prophets in the Old Testament, if you look through the Bible at them, they didn't prophesy good. The prophets were only needed when there was evil to come upon the nation. And today, if a prophet's prophecies do not predict coming judgments upon the people of God and upon the nations, if it's just positive and good stuff, then join the prophets of the king. The same Micaiah, the son of Imlah, Jehoshaphat, let not the king say so. Don't say, don't say you hate him. That's not a nice thing to say. He said he always prophesies evil. Well, please don't say that. And Micaiah said, as the Lord liveth, even what my God saith, that will I speak. Hmm, that's kind of bold. And when he was come unto the king, the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go to Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? Now, <laughs> here's what God's prophet said. He said, go ye up and prosper, and they shall be delivered into your hand. Now, he said that in a mocking tone, emulating the other prophets, probably going through the same incantations that they did. 
And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou say nothing but the truth to me in the name of the Lord? Apparently this prophet had a sense of humor. And he was big on joking around and mocking. And so he mocks these prophets, and the king knows he's mocking. He, he meant for him to know he was mocking. And he said, how many times? In other words, this happened before. This prophet has come before the king before and, and, and also mocked the false prophets. And then he said, this is what the prophet said, I did see all Israel scattered upon the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. Now, he's supposed to be their shepherd, this king. And the Lord said, these have no master." King's gone. Let them return, therefore, every man to his house in peace. Nope, battle's over with. King's dead. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, Did not I tell thee he would not prophesy good unto me, but evil? <laughs> and again he said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord, and this is what the prophet said, I saw the Lord sitting up on his throne and all the host of heaven standing on his right hand and on his left. That's a beautiful picture of heaven. And the Lord said, Who shall entice Ahab, king of Israel, that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one spake, saying after this manner, another saying after that manner. So there's a little parley in heaven, and God gets the <laughs> spirits and angels together, and cherubim. And he says, Okay, we, we've got an issue here. We've got a problem. We've got this king that's reluctant to go to battle. He's... And uh, we want him dead. We want to kill this king. We're tired of him. He's not doing the will of God. He's full of false prophets. So how am I going to get him to go out to battle? And there came out a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. And the Lord said unto him, wherewith? How are you going to do it? And he said, I'll go out. And be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, Thou shalt entice him, and thou shalt also prevail. Go out and even so, do even so. So, so the, the answer to this dilemma, how we're going to get this king out in the battle so we can kill him, is that this spirit of God, spirit from God, is going to go out and possess all these 400 prophets and be a lying spirit in their mouth. Woo, that's crazy. Now therefore behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of these thy prophets, and the Lord has spoken evil against thee. So he tells him, that's how come I'm prophesying one thing and they're prophesying another. I have the true spirit and they have the lying spirit. Then Zedekiah, the son of Chiniah, came near and smote Micaiah upon the cheek and said, Which way went the Spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? So he also claims to have the Spirit of Lord Jehovah. He said, Now when did the Spirit of God leave me and enter you? And Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see on the day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide thyself, because that day will come, and he will go in to hide in a closet, and the enemy will find him and slay him there. So he already, Micaiah already had a prophecy of the death of his competitor. Then the king of Israel said, Take ye Micaiah and carry him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, 
and to Joash the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, Put this fellow in the prison, and feed him with bread of affliction. That means just a little bit old moldy bread. And with water affliction, dirty impure water, until I return in peace. In other words, you keep him there. If I don't come back in peace, you keep him there. He thought maybe that would <laughs> induce God or the prophet to give a better rendering. And Micaiah said, If thou certainly return in peace, then hath not the Lord spoken by me. And he said, Hearken all ye people. Hear what I'm saying. Hear it again. If he comes back alive, I'm a false prophet. Now, I'd like to see more of that among all these prophets. When they say, Trump will be reelected. God told me he will. And then when he's not, they say, well, that's because they cheated. God didn't know that, huh? Hmm. They beat God. Uh, uh, God, uh, maybe it was a lying spirit in your mouth. First Peter 4, 12 through 19, our last verse here. Behold, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened unto you. He's talking to us right now. Don't think it strange when this fiery trial comes on you. But insomuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, rejoice insomuch you're partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with seeding joy. So he said, when, when persecution, when they no longer allow homeschooling, when they take away your Bible and remove from it the passages that have to do with sodomites and child molesters and adulterers and fornicators and corruption in high places when they purge your bible give you a new and most christians will okay i mean they put up with 300 versions that have been purged of many passages of scripture and so this won't be a big leap for most christians to just accept a government mandated bible the time will come when it'll be illegal to read those passages in the bible and to preach them and there'll come a time when not only will you not be able to homeschool, but your children will be put in public schools and taught godless garbage and sodomy from kindergarten on up. It will come to America, and I'm not a prophet. I'm just looking at circumstances to see that approaching. Now, of course, the Lord comes back, that won't happen. But if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. Yes, they evilly speak of God today in Christians. But we rejoice. We don't get mad at them. They're playing their part as Satan's helpers, and we play our part as those who love everyone. But let none of you suffer as a murderer. In other words, don't resort to killing during these times of persecution. Or as a thief, don't re when, when you're denied food, when you won't get your vaccination or get uh, the mark later after we're gone, uh, don't suffer as a thief or as an evildoer or, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Well, we've got a lot of those. Yet, if any man suffer as a Christian, there's, there's ways to suffer, and then there's ways to suffer as a Christian. In other words, when you suffer as a Christian, you're suffering because you're a Christian. You're suffering because you're a Christian stand. You're suffering because you're Christian principles. Let, not be ashamed. Let him not be ashamed, 
but let him glorify God on his behalf. Don't be ashamed if you go to jail or get thrown out of your house or whatever it takes. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. There's that passage again. And if it first began at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, wherein shall the godly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God, suffer according to the will of God. Throughout the ages, it has been the will of God that Christians suffer. You say, why in the world would he do that? Because it is through testings, trials, and sufferings that our character develops. And we become men and women of great character, great peace, great confidence, great faith, great compassion, great mercy, and great grace. Wherefore, let him that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of his soul to him that in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Commit his soul. I heard a sermon years ago. I was riding along on the radio, and the preacher preached a sermon saying, uh, I, don't, I forgot what his title was, but he, he made the point that we say, well, you've got to live as an explanation for your job or taking a vaccine that you know is harmful to you or whatever it else might be. You say, well, we've got to live. Got to make a living. Uh, he said, there's only one thing you've got to do in life, and that's to be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's to endure unto the end in faith and obedience. You don't have to do anything else. And you're not free until that's your stand. Otherwise, whatever it is, somebody can control you. The devil can control you. The government can control you until you're willing not to fight, but to die boldly and bravely and in faith rejoicing in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm, I've got more. That's halfway through, but this has been long enough. And so we're going to come back to this subject again. Get your own print of Mike's Revelation painting at ngj.org revelation. Available as a poster or a full-size banner and includes a copy of Mike's Revelation Handbook Study Guide. 